0: Welcome to episode 24 of Blown Wind with the Great Southern Brain Fart. This is Don, and this time around, I have got Quinn Lucas from the band Icarus Witch. For 15 years, Pittsburgh's Icarus Witch has been delivering dark, stylish, melodic hard rock and considered by many to be one of the forefathers of the new wave of traditional heavy metal movement. In 2012, the band returned with a new vocalist, Christopher Shiner, and released one of my top albums of the year with Rise. Six years later, Icarus switches back with a new album called Goodbye Cruel World, and still fueled by the core founding members of Quinn, Lucas, and Jason Myers. Uh, Goodbye, cruel world features former Brimstone Coven vocalist Andrew DeCagna, and is without a, without a doubt one of my top albums of 2018. So, with that being said, I'd like to welcome Icarus Witch guitarist Quinn to Blow and Win with the Great Southern Brain Fart. So, Quinn, welcome home, bud.
1: Hey, what's ha- happening, guys?
0: <laughs> Dude, so it's, I'm so glad to have you on, man. This is uh, the first time I, I'll be interviewing you. I've interviewed uh, Jason a couple times, so uh, uh, when I talked to, reached out to him, he was like, "Yeah, Quinn does the the in person stuff. I'm not too good at that."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know whether it's a backhanded compliment to me saying, "Hey, man, you, you never shut the fuck up." <laughs> 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 like, so go ahead and do the do the phone interviews and the, and the in person stuff. Said, so, "All right." cool whatever
0: <laughs> well i can already tell if that's the case that we're gonna hit it off like smashingly because i've been you know i'm i'm pretty much a you know diarrhea of the mouth dude so you know we should be fine so
1: <laughs> yeah same here gift to gab was uh, definitely bestowed upon me
0: <laughs> yeah you know it's so funny uh, same here you know and like even in my band you know like everyone kind of like looks to me like as the default like you do the interviews dude you're the one that talks yeah. all the time. You do it. And I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> you know. So.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, you know. I, I wish I was is uh, clerically um, involved as Jason, but uh, I just don't have the patience.
0: <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse, man. You know, yeah. it really is. So you know, so 15 years, man. That is, especially in this day and time, you know, or in this in this generation, I should say, you know, is a pretty long fucking time to be around and even though with the numerous lineup changes and whatnot one of the things that i've always admired about icarus which was that you know the quality of the music and the output from the band never seems to suffer unlike most bands where they go through numerous lineup changes. Like uh, I don't mind naming names, like White Wizard, you know, who had like a million lineup changes. But yet, it seemed like with every change, the output just dropped. You know, you know, steadily. Whereas, like I felt like with every change, it seemed like Icarus, which became even somewhat of a stronger band than previously. Um, Was that something you guys really strived for in general? Or was it something that you were just like, man, we're fucking lucky it happened this way?
1: Um, I'd like to say uh, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, it's it's one of those things where I think it's like multifaceted like whenever you're faced with especially a major lineup change as you know, we've, we've been, um, you know, numerous times it's, it's easy just, just to kind of grab the next dude in line and and go for it and try to make the best of it. But you do have to make conscious decisions on saying, okay, what's going to be right for the band or what's going to be right for the songs. Right. Um, and I think that's something that Jason and I have always put first. We've always put the music first. Um, you know, we never, we never worried about like, oh, you know what? This, this dude's such a cool guy. He's got a great voice. But if he doesn't fit the music, then what, what, what the hell's the point? You know what I mean? It's like, ah, oh, yeah, we could have someone, you know, completely balls out screaming Halford style. But if it's not fitting what we're writing, it makes absolutely no sense.
0: No, that totally, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, I mean, as we've seen with, like, other bands who kind of quickly go through lineup changes, sometimes the next guy, no matter, or gal, however great they are, might not be the the best fit for the band, or, you know, and you've got to, like, creatively and physically live with these people you know and so if you can't do that like even if the guy can sing like fucking bruce dickinson it's not gonna be worth it if you know you can't get along you
1: know yeah exactly and i mean in both times around whenever we were making the switch it was you know just it, it was so easy for us to do because we we had known you know, both Christopher and Andrew before, you know, we worked with them, mm-hmm. um, uh, as Witch, and we kind of knew it would, it would be <laughs> something that, you know, that it was, it was, it was going to change the way we sounded in the way that we wanted to sound, Correct. you know, it's like, it was like, we kind of seen the forest through the trees it's like, all right, man. Like, I don't know how the public's going to take it, but I think this band's going to be pretty fucking badass. (laughs) 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 That kind of thing. And with Andrew, I had worked with him uh, in Iron Flame. We uh, a project that he'd started, and and him and I had always, we've known each other for a long time, Uh, all three of us, Jason, Andrew, and I, and we've always loved his voice. Always loved uh, playing shows with his band. Uh, he was the fronting Dofka at the time. And always loved playing shows together. Uh, awesome guy. And we always joked around about having a main tribute band together. And he mm-hmm. approached me about the Iron Flame thing. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm down. Melodic metal all day long. You know? <laughs> um,
0: I mean, it's already and, in your wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So it's not like you're like sidestepping into like salsa music or something, you know?
1: Yeah. And... He's like, well, yeah, you haven't heard any of the stuff yet. It's like, dude, I know it's going to be awesome. Don't worry about it. And so when the time came around for, you know, that we were in search of another singer, I was like, all right, I'm going to try something. So I sent Andrew uh, some tracks we had been working on and asked him for, you know, some outside input. And I didn't mention anything about being, uh, about the songs being Witch tracks. And, like he instantly responded with like dude these are fucking awesome like <laughs> badass and, and sent me like you know his vocal takes on him like demoed out and i was like this is going to be perfect this is this is going to work absolutely perfectly and um so I kept on sending him songs and pretty soon I think he got wise to me. He's like, Hey man, is, is this sick or switch stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, got me, man, you got me
0: old bait and switch. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, did the shiny quarter trick, like, hey, hey. <laughs> but, um and yeah, whenever you know, whenever I kinda came clean and it's like, Yeah, man, you know, uh, Chris isn't feeling it anymore. Um you know, what is this something you'd want to do? He's like, well, do you want me to just to do the album, or it's like, no, man, I want you to, to front the band. He's like, hands down, I'm in, all in, man. I was like, yes.
0: <laughs> that so, is that is because that that actually really does answer well. It kind of segues into a couple of questions because um, I've, uh, the first time I heard you guys was uh, back in uh, 2009. And oddly enough, the first thing I'd heard uh, was with was when Matthew was the vocalist and uh, it was your cover of Roses on White Lace by Alice Cooper, oh, yeah. which I thought was fucking incredible. But then all of a sudden, like, I get wind that Paul Diano's touring and there's this band called Ickers. I'm like, Oh, I've heard those dudes. <laughs> and I, I literally drove from Atlanta to Raleigh to see the show at what well, was at the time was called the volume 11. It was like a little mm-hmm. tiny, tiny, like armpit of a club, but it was such an amazing show. And um, so just to kind of start like a little further back, Like, how did that come about? Like, I mean, how how does does Uh, the band from Pittsburgh (laughs) end up being Paul Diana's backup band?
1: Yeah, um, it's an interesting one. Like, at the time, Paul was on uh, Cleopatra Records uh, uh, with us, so we shared a label. Um, And there was always talks about Paul coming to the States. And, you know, we were just stoked to just even see the you know, the tour, you know, like, oh, I mean, that'd be that'd be so cool to to see Paul. Yeah,
0: because they had been talking <clears> about <throat> it for like a good two or three years prior that like he was going to come to the States and do this tour. And I was like, OK, when is it going to happen? You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. And about, I would say, probably, you know, the second year that it was kind of mentioned, mm-hmm. um, we were contacted to to be on the bill and also, you know, you know, possibly, you know, whatever, a few members of us play, whatever, uh, is this backing band and super, you know, got super stoked for it. Um, and of course it fell through. <laughs> so we yeah. were all bombed, you know, and be like, oh, that would have been cool. But it was a, it was a long shot. And then it was about, eh, about a year, year and a half later. Um, we got contacted again from Lee Hart, uh, Paul's manager, which is, uh, he actually ex, uh, fast way front man
0: right right um, yeah
1: and he said hey we really want to make this happen um you know we have a couple uh, entertainment attorneys working on it we want to get Paul back over there we really want you guys to to be the backing band um and it's like all right here we go again yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah. give get my hopes up you know it's like ah
0: <laughs> take my christmas God. presents away <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and, and sure as shit, like, with within a couple months, there we are in a rehearsal room with Paul. I'm going, holy shit, this <laughs> actually is happening.
0: So um, what was so what was that like? I mean, because I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously, being a musician who is very highly inspired by that, yeah, you know, that era and that genre and that 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 time period of metal. I mean, to be in a rehearsal room with Paul Deano I mean, we've all heard stories of Paul, you know, obviously, but um, what was it like?
1: Uh, to tell you the truth, at first, I was scared shitless. <laughs>
0: because of those stories that you'd heard probably yeah, exactly, right yeah man
1: i mean the guy's known as the beast for a reason so i'm thinking i was like oh man and if i flub one note and fucking running free this whole tour shot you know <laughs> he's gonna um,
0: chase he's gonna like arm check me to the ground or yeah, something man.
1: and you know so and especially like ramping up like okay you know a week out like paul's in next week we're gonna pick him up at the airport and uh, bring him down to rehearsal and I'm um, watching interviews with him I said oh my god this guy frightens me <laughs> 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 and um but it was it, he came in the room he made a first thing he did he kind of made a you know a, a fucking joke and you know just put the whole room in a relaxed state and uh, we jammed out and he's like I don't know how much I'll sing you know rehearsal just kind of want to hang out with you guys and and uh, we started running free. He's like, "I might chime in a little bit here and mm. there." And before you know it, he sang every word, and it was it was just awesome. Like at that point, as soon as he hit the verse, like the hair on my arm stood up. I was like, "That's Paul Diano!" <laughs> <was like>,
0: yeah. <laughs> Cause I remember like, you know, even like you know, seeing some footage and hearing footage from before that tour and you know, you know, of course that was kind of when he was in kind of a pretty bad place. I just remember going, God, I don't know how good this is gonna be. But man, there was something about that run, and I don't and, and I always wanted to equate it to maybe even a little bit of you guys like injecting some kind of youth into it, you know, that like He just seemed to really pop on those shows. And like my buddy, who him and I are both huge Maiden fans, obviously, we were just like in awe at how fucking great it was, you know, and like how good he sounded. And, you know, that the, that the, I don't know, it just, it just all seemed to just work on that, on that run.
1: (laughs) I think, um, a lot of that has to do, like, we did a ton of research on, you know, the, bands he was touring with in europe and south america mm-hmm. and stuff like that we'd watch videos and like okay they arrange it this way like uh can okay, they do this and me being such a maiden fan mm-hmm. and fanatic i was like oh man they don't do the ending harmony line in that solo killers what the shit like <laughs> <laughs> i'm like you know I'm, I'm just nitpicking everything I was like fuck that we're doing it the right way like we're doing it this way you know and <laughs> <laughs> and I think that really like lent itself like it kind of the, the little bit of ego took over like no way, we're gonna be the we're gonna we're gonna do it the right way and pay attention to the small details. And one thing that Paul uh, our you know, second run, we became really, really close. Um, all of us, but uh, especially Paul and I, we would just sit there and talk about three stooges and all kinds of you know uh-huh. shit and we just became tour buddies and uh one thing you know he would say to us he's like he goes man he's like most bands just go out there and they'll play their set and give a hundred percent when it comes to my set they'll give 55. you know mm-hmm. he's like you guys stay on top of it all night long the energy is always there and i think that was important <laughs> to to paul and right. it brought out a better performance in him you know he just didn't have to go out and sing the same old songs every night he was he was able to to entertain you know um And that to me, that that's the the difference um, between seeing something like that and going like, oh, yeah, it's it's Paul. He sounds good. And and going, wow, man, that was that was a show, you know. I Um, mean, I just remember
0: thinking there was there was nothing cooler than like when you guys did. um, Oh, God, what was it? I think it was I think it was Phantom of the Opera. And. Like a mosh pit broke out and all of a sudden I was like, Good God, dude, I feel like I'm at Ruskin Arms right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like the stage was literally like up to my thigh or something, you know? And like me and my buddy were up front and we were getting slammed and we were all pumping fists. And I just remember thinking like this is this this is the spirit of old school maiden that You know that I missed. You know, as as a youth, you know that I didn't because I never got to see that. You know, and so getting to see Paul in that setting and with you guys backing him up, I just remembered thinking that this is this is just fantastic. Like I hope this happens again. So why didn't it?
1: (laughs) Well, we did we did um, two full U.S. runs with Paul. and the second run was, in my opinion, was my favorite one, um, just because the you know we we knew Paul, we were all so comfortable with him, um, we knew you know we knew the set list incredibly well. We got to add some some other songs that we didn't get to play yet, like Genghis Khan, and it was like shit. <laughs> this is this is awesome, um, and so we finished that run, and instantly like we were we were home for i don't know maybe maybe a month and got news that we were going to do a like i don't know 10 12 day uh Canada run and then take a break and possibly do you know more of like uh there were there were talks of us doing like Mexico and and stuff like that and I was like oh mm-hmm. this is going to be awesome and sh- sure shit um like, I don't know, wasn't even, a, probably not even a month or two out from the Canadian run, um, got word that, uh, you know, Paul had some legal issues and I was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch, <laughs> like, and wasn't going to be allowed back in, in the country or whatever for, uh, the, the immediate time being. Right. Um, and so that just squashed that. I was like, ah, oh, shit, man. <laughs> like this, this, that's a bummer because I was really looking forward to that, um, And that's whenever, you know, we were kind of uh, in the middle, I wouldn't say in the middle, probably towards the end of writing for Rise. Right. Yeah, because that second run, the first run was with Matt, uh, is is which vocalist, and then second run was with Shainer, so obviously, like, I was pumped up. I loved that second run. Just because, well, I got you know my buddy Chris with me. We're you know singing, playing some new newer songs. I get to hear mm-hmm. his twist on the old witch stuff, um, and so like the to not have a chance to do it again really bummed me out. Yeah, um, you know. But it's uh, who knows what's going to happen. Um, I talk to Paul regularly. Uh, he's waiting some some medical treatment now. That way he can kind of get back to being. You know his his old self again.
0: Well, that's amazing. Well, be sure to tell him. I've been trying to get him on my podcast. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, man. Put put in a good word for me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'll throw it out there. Yeah, man. Because, but like, so to kind of go back to what you were talking about, so to kind of pick up where you talked about where Christopher came in. um, I thought Matt. I thought Matthew was such an excellent singer, but he had such kind of like a dark darker quality. To his pr- almost like an Alice Cooper esque kind of um, delivery, which is ironic, being that the roses on white lace cover and whatnot. But I think with Christopher came a more, and I don't, I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but almost. A more accessible sound if that makes sense you know like it no, definitely no, had more of a definitely had more of like a you know ah, a singer you know what i mean yeah. like as opposed yeah. to the um, kind of darker was, thing
1: yeah and that was definitely a, a kind of uh calculated <laughs> decision um on you know not how chris was going to deliver but just like i knew chris's voice so well and I said, man, you know, this is going to kind of uh, take the edges off the box that we live in. Right. You know, I, I wanted to round off the edges. Um, I didn't want to be uh, so uh, just so single faceted. I, want, I wanted people that aren't necessarily into straight up European true metal to, you know, only those people to like us. I wanted this to be accessible to people that might only like you know certain you know a little bit of metal. I wanted them to go like okay, these guys are these these guys are pretty cool and then still be metal's fuck, you know. Right, um, right, which kind of goes to sense. the
0: accessibility aspect <laughs> of it, you know, which is, you know, even 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 bands like I mean, I don't know, even like I kind of always thought that like the difference between, you know, Deano and Dickinson was that Dickinson kind of brought more of an accessible sound, yeah, yeah. you know, to and the fold. So it's kind of like you said, even, you know, it's calculated, but it's a smart move, you know?
1: Yeah. I, and I just think it's 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 one of those things, uh, uh, it's the difference between, um, you know, someone that can shred metal guitars, but you put them in a, a blues jam and they just get lost. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, so singers are, are very much like that like a, a singer singer can fucking belt out anything and sound good you know and then there's guys that just like they do one thing or a couple things very, very well Um, and I always loved like the bluesy rock metal singers mm-hmm. you know like Cobb um, you know uh, Paul Rogers like all the classic voices you know always, Oh right, loved yeah, that. and yeah and that was something the quality that that chris brought to the table is well he can sing the shit out of some maiden and, and dio but he can also you know give you some foreigner action <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like <laughs> ah, yeah like that's that's what i want you know it's, i love that shit like yeah, you know, my some of my favorite deep purple stuff is the stuff with Coverdale on it and glenn hughes and you know, Dude, um, we are
0: we are gonna be like BFFs after this, man. Because that's because like yeah. I get kicked a lot, but that's my favorite Deep Purple era is that Coverdale Hughes era. Like you just, can't, I yeah, mean, yeah, man. Even it's that seventies so era White Snake stuff, man. Like, yeah. like Heart of the City. You know, yeah, you know, you know, Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City and shit like that. Yeah, I'm just everyone, like, Good
1: God, man. Yeah, everyone gives me gives me grief over that shit too. But Jason <laughs> and I fly, we fly that flag high, man.
0: Well, good well we're on the same we're we're on the same uh the the same marching team here then you know so.
1: yeah and and kind of the same the i didn't want to lose that whenever you know christopher decided that he didn't want to uh, continue i didn't want to lose that uh that portion of the band and so that was another reason why andrew is was, was definitely um the the right choice i was like man andrew's voice lends itself to that too it's very open sounding Mm -hmm. it's very strong mid-range rock metal voice you know right and and brings other things to the to the table like sometimes i hear a little bit of like tommy shaw in him, and i'm like yeah okay right on i can yeah this is gonna be cool you know and his delivery is just so strong and that's something that uh I think it's super important for any front man, whether it be a rock band, a pop band, or a metal band. You know, I think, uh, you know, you're, for the, the person in front singing, their delivery has to be 100% all the time.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, so, I mean, without, without, you know, you know, being rumoresque or like digging too much, what was, what was the reason behind uh, Christopher's departure? Because I felt like Rise was just such a, st- I mean, I mean, th- that made, that made my top albums list that year. And it was, I mean, and i even saw you guys here in atlanta i I forgot who were you guys touring with was that Uh, you guys with white White wizard Wizard. yeah Yeah. because i remember that that. because every band that opened up for white wizard kicked their asses which was great you know so i just remember you guys were just so fantastic um um you know and
1: thank you that was uh where uh marietta
0: yeah 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 i was in uh, marietta yeah that's exactly what it was but um and I just remember thinking like, this is such a great lineup and like, this is like the perfect, you know, like vocalist So, So, I mean, what kind of led to his departure?
1: Um, Chris and I are probably bestest of friends. We have been for uh, shit, probably uh, longer than I've, well, as long as I've known Jason. So probably like 15 years. (laughs) Right. Um, And whenever we kind of, took a hiatus and regrouped and Jason had to you know he took his spiritual hiatus kind of uh you know moved to Salem he needed a break um Chris and I got together regularly we were playing gigs and cover bands together uh we got together to write witch stuff um just kind of trying to keep the fires burning and right and kind of lost I don't know. I don't know whether he lost his drive for it. Uh he had a lot of stuff going on. Um and then whenever Jason moved back and we're like, All right, fuck it, full you know, full speed ahead. <clears throat> um Dave, our other guitar player at the time, he had taken he had taken a full time gig with the WWE. Mm-hmm. And so he was doing like two hundred some travel dates a year. Uh still is, actually. And and so it made it really tough for him to to commit to anything. Um, so we said, okay, man, you know, we'll uh, we'll try to do this thing, and just keep pushing forward. And our uh, live drummer then he, he had had uh, other obligations that he had signed on to, and so then it was left like, okay, it's me, Chris, and and Jason, and <clears throat> all right, let's uh, let's let's pick up the pieces here, uh, and. You know, pretty soon it's just like ah, uh, the the responses to emails got you know further and further apart. Right. Uh, even though Chris and I were seeing each other on a regular basis. It was like the every time you know the witch came up in topic, just kind of got shied away from. And finally, he's like, man, he's like, I don't know if I can if I can do it. Just mm-hmm. to just to you know, I don't know if I have it in me anymore to do it. Right. Um, and which I understood you know, but it's also
0: admirable to kind of just come straight out and just say it as opposed to trying to force something and then have it just kind of crumble, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like he didn't, and that's the way Chris is. Uh, and I admire that about him. Like he's not going to do something half-assed just to do it. Um, you know, and it's something that, that I know like he, he completely, you know, uh, is he's very proud of you know his time in the witch he's extremely proud of rise um as am i like <laughs> i remember the conversations him and i would have are we, are we going too far with this or <laughs> are, are people gonna get it like he was so worried he's like are people gonna get it or are they just gonna fucking be mad at the album you know <laughs> like because he, he was worried you know and right. i said no way man i said i said what's what we're coming up with this is awesome and that was where um, Goodbye Cruel World kind of came into play. It was we just wanted to take where we left off with Rise and go bigger.
0: Well, so it's um, goodbye, crew. World was was some of that stuff written with Christopher, or or was this or was this stuff that or do you you, you said you started demoing stuff and sending it over to um, to Andrew. Um, so did did Andrew have a hand in 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 writing any of the material, or was this like all like basically between you and Jason, and then just kind of recruiting Andrew in?
1: Um, some of these riffs have been around since. Uh, draw down the moon
0: oh jesus (laughs) i (laughs) love that man you you've got you probably got like 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 a stack of riff tapes yeah (laughs) we
1: called we we we, you know uh witch fitting we call it the riff cauldron
0: that's awesome yeah
1: um the riff cauldron. because if we're searching for a part yeah we'll just be like ah fuck it let's go back through the cauldron and you know if we're searching for something and and it, 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 it always kind of there's always a riff that comes out of it that like back then whenever we come up with it or or someone comes up with it, it's like, ah we can't use it, you know, it doesn't really fit anything or Ah we'll set on it and then all of a sudden it becomes the perfect fucking verse or the perfect bridge. Right. You know? Um and so a lot of that stuff uh a lot of the riffs Chris were he was he was very familiar with. Um in early arrangements and stuff like that but there were no lyrics to anything um and so jason and i started really kind of revamping arrangements coming up with new parts um really wanted to focus on the songwriting aspect of it right um rather than just throwing a bunch of parts together and giving it a title and calling it done um so there was a lot of stuff that, uh, like Jason and I had completely demoed out that we gave Andrew and said, Hey man, put your twist to it. You know what I mean? There's, there's almost, uh, there's demos for 50% of the album with me singing on it.
0: <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which could either be a good or a bad
1: thing. <laughs> oh, it's a fucking horrible thing, man. <laughs>
0: It's a (laughs) fucking horrible thing. (laughs) Yeah,
1: there's reasons why I can never be president. That's fucking one of them, probably. Because like, if that shit ever sees the light of day, I'm gonna be like, oh (laughs) man.
0: Now, see, this is the kind of shit that makes me want to hack the cauldron. You know what I mean? Like, see what I can come up with.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's, but yeah, like, uh, I'm trying to think. Fuck, like anti venom. um, Yeah, anti venom uh even um sounds of the sirens Mm -hmm. um possessed by you uh my god i think even uh lightning strikes there's there's a bunch of them where i just demoed out the ideas that we had came up with some melody ideas and you know some rough word sketches and demoed it out and sent to andrew and then there's ones that completely i just said hey man I we are drawing a blank on this. Write something, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Miss Fort, Miss Fortune Teller was was he, whenever he sent that back, I was like, "Oh my god. Yes. Like that's like you're living inside my head. <laughs> like that's exactly what what I was thinking but couldn't get it out, you know." See, and, and that's uh,
0: so- that's such a great that's such a great thing uh because like you said it it's it's one of those things that, especially in bands, when you have these changes and sometimes they don't work, you know, like to be, to feel like you've not only picked up where you left off, but you've kind of stepped it up just a little bit, like it kind of revamps. And that energy really did come through on this record because I'll be honest, like, you know, I'm a fan of, of of you know, when I'm a fan of a band, like, I mean, I want everything, you know, I want the, I say this a lot, but like, you know, I want the bootlegs, the demos, everything. I want everything that every singer sang on or whatever. But when yeah. this album came out, man, I was a little nervous because I was like, ah oh, really? Another singer? God, how's this going to be? And then I listened to it and I was just like... I mean, it's not like you start over every time, but like I said, it's like the quality just never seems to digress. It always just seems to be like I don't know, like stages. Do you know what I mean? Like eras. Like like there's the Matthew era, and then there's the Chris era, and now there's the you know the Andrew era, and 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 they all work together. And so if you've got the right guy, you know, when you hit the road or you go to perform live you know, essentially that guy is going to be covering like all the eras of Icarus witch. So yeah. it has to work yeah. on not only just a <laughs> new plane, but oh. <clears throat> all the previous planes of Icarus witch.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, first off, thanks, man. That was, that's an awesome compliment, uh, especially from you. Uh, <laughs> that's, I, I, I don't know. Like, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, and that again is something that's like always in the back of your mind like okay cool the new shit sounds awesome but fuck we 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 got to play the moldy oldies too you know
0: right Um, yeah
1: and i was so uh with both christopher and and andrew you know um but especially with andrew man i was so relieved like we had no idea how the old stuff was going to sound and we ripped into like um out for blood and i was like oh fuck yes yeah man oh yeah badass and um so we did we did uh, a few of them at the release party we did like black candles uh out for blood did uh tragedy um and that was uh uh, (laughs) that's what andrew goes he's like man he goes goes, i thought the matt stuff was going to be the hard stuff for me to sing Mm -hmm. he's like but it's the shaner stuff he's like He's like, fuck that guy. He's like, because it's just tough to sing.
0: Oh, good um, god, dude! Tragedy is like yeah. fucking, like you know, like it, I, I. just remember when that album came out that I, I was like one of those dudes that's like tries to sing along with it. I'm just I was like, ah, <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like, what. Yeah, that's I what, sound and, like a broken Andrew.
0: trumpet, you know. But I was yeah, just like, and, damn, man.
1: That's what Andrew's like. He's like. He'll sing five words and there's like eighteen notes in it. He's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's like an acrobat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it's you know I, whenever I hear Andrew singing now, I'm like fuck, that sounds awesome. You know, it, and it really does. Like he uh, he puts a little twist to it. He um sings he's he sings his ass off on it, and um, it, and his voice lends itself so well. He's he's uh, kind of a a chameleon you know what I right. mean and, and it's a, in a good way to where like alright you know you know it's Andrew singing but you're not missing anything you know what I mean and
0: Well, that's, that's, that's
1: and, really important
0: and, that's, and that's, the, that's the beauty about having the right person you know because um, kind of as in like my band we just got a new drummer and we you know he's a great drummer super talented guy you know but like one of the things we kept telling him is like you know you know the structures of the songs but don't come in and try to play everything he played man put put your put your feel to it put your spin on it yeah man it's it's dna
1: you got to put your dna on it you you have to
0: man like throw it to the wall and see if it sticks and if it doesn't we'll work on it you know but like you know like and i think that that's what i always value you know or not really valued but like um appreciated is the right word in, in lineup changes would be like when a singer could come in or, or, or any other member of a band could come in and attack, you know, you know, different eras of a band that he was, or he or she wasn't even involved with and take those songs and just like own the hell out of them, you know?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, and Cause I was gonna say, like, I saw Alice Cooper
0: coop. recently and like uh, Nita Strauss, you know, who's been his guitar player for a while. Oh, yeah. Like, she has, like, Poison has become like her signature tune on stage lately. You know, like she does a guitar solo and goes into Poison. And I'm just like, I don't even think of whoever it was that played that song originally. Like, to me, like, that's her song
1: now. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And
0: I love that. Yeah
1: trying to think who the hell who the hell was it isn't it the guy that's in ufo now wasn't he on that album
0: yeah god that you know that was the <laughs> trash album and there yeah there i'm pretty was, sure there was so many sure the
1: guy from ufo now
0: it was uh, oh 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 um jesus christ i can't remember the guys name. now luckily i'm at a computer because now you got me like actually looking yeah, this yeah. Shit up. so um um let me see um. Let's see. Well, well, well. well it lists John McCurry as <laughs> the guitar player, but I think his touring guitarist was um was part of that band. Um, yeah, that's killing me to remember. Now, now, now I'm gonna be. My ADD is gonna <laughs> yeah, fucking sorry, kill man. me. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Planted the scene You planted the seed. Now I'm gonna be on a quest now all day. You know, and I'll will t- <laughs> text you later and be like, found it. <laughs> you know, I mean? got it. <laughs> I got it. You know, but um, but yeah, but no, but like, so like, we, I liked where you were going, where you were talking about the album release, um, and how he was able to, you know tackle all the different eras of of which stuff and everything what are the plans from now i mean like we've got a we've got a great release from you guys which is coming yeah you know just in on the last minute of the year which i have to say it was like you know you, this is where i feel like i have to be careful because this time of year is when i start making my albums list and then all of a sudden yeah. like i see bands are putting out albums like in like November and December. I'm like, you're fucking kidding me, man. And then all of a sudden, like, you guys put out. I wasn't even expecting it. And all of a sudden, I was like, fuck, okay. And then I went and looked at my list that I'd already made, and I was like, all right, somebody's got to go because this fucking Icarus Switch <laughs> album is fucking
1: great. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, and it is. It's a dangerous time to release an album. Oh uh, yeah, it really is. Um, you know, there's, there's, fucking. It seems like. Especially this year, like, there's fucking so many late releases, and
0: more releases came in like from like October to now than like I could, I mean, because I remember like in July going, "This is a slow fucking year, man. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Nobody's <laughs> putting anything out, really," you know. And then all of a sudden, like, 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 start like around September, you know, I, I was like. Okay, here they come. You know, Cadavers put out a live album. We've got So and So put this out. You know, you know, you know, you know, Circles Round the Sun put out an album. Icarus Witch put, you know, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, they're all coming at me at the last minute, man. Like, yeah. You know, I think I started making my list like three weeks ago, and now it's going to change by like five bands, you know? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. You know, but <laughs> so what are the plans? Are you guys going to um, round out the lineup? Hit the road. I mean, like Yeah, I mean you know.
1: we uh we have a pretty solidified lineup now with um with uh Justin Walker behind the kid. He's been he's been playing with us on and off for uh like I don't know, probably six years, I think. Oh, and by the um, way I have
0: to point out you had my boy John Rice on the album.
1: Oh God, yeah, John is a beast. So I know I know um, John from
0: his Scorpion Child days because those guys are good friends of mine, and uh, yeah, and he was awesome a monster. Too, he was a monster in that band. So like he's a monster in general, you know. Yeah,
1: so, like in a, a, a great dude too. Um,
0: such a sweet, sweet guy. Probably, yeah.
1: yeah, Probably another thing that kind of you know before the album came out, like everyone's going John Rice, like that's a dude from Jufford Cowboy and Behemoth, and like. They're probably like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, because not a lot of people, you know, not as many people knew of the Scorpion Child stuff. And I was like, you know, oh, you know, if people if more people would know that they'd be like, oh, I see it. Oh, man.
0: dude. matter of fact, when, when, when the Scorpion Child guys told me, they were like, oh, yeah, we got a new drummer. I'm like, who is it? They were like, John Rice. And I'm like. How the fuck is that gonna work, man? But yeah. then, but then it's exactly like you said. To, to kind of harken back to earlier in the interview, it's it, he's he's a musician that yeah, can exactly. wear many hats and who obviously, you know, has very many interests and in musical, you know, you, you um, you know, tastes, you know. So, you know, his gig in Scorp- and scorpion that album he did with Scorpion Child. I mean, they were just, you know, I mean, like I I was just like, you know. I couldn't listen to a job for a cowboy for more than like 30 seconds, you know, because it gave me a headache. It was so, so much, you know, but like...
1: makes you anxious. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I mean, I'd have to take a Xanax, you know what I mean, and make it through a record, you know, but, you know, like to hear him with Scorpion Child, I was like, God, what a transition. But like, again, you know, being a musician that is, you know, inspired oh, yeah, that's, that's... by multiple styles and, and doesn't tie himself down, you know, it was great to hear him on you guys, you know
1: yeah and i mean it came at the the right time too because it was you know I, another pittsburgh guy we were like oh man that's awesome mm-hmm. you know for one kind of bring it bring it back to the region <clears throat> um but to, to hear that he was down to do the album i was like oh man this is, this is gonna be cool and as soon as I stepped in a room and heard him fucking riff off a couple things like oh shit yeah <laughs> Like, yep.
0: Would have been amazing for him to be a be a full time member, but I think Behemoth kind of has it has a, a yeah, hand over
1: you guys. Like, <laughs> the, dude, the dude, I mean, he's got so much on his plate. He had to get other plates. You know <laughs> I
0: mean? He's got like one of those school lunch trays, you know, with the multiple yeah, like
1: sections, you ex- know. Ex- exactly. So I mean, I completely understand, and, and um, you know, completely uh, kind of empathize with him. You know, whenever you have so much shit you're doing you you, got to make sure you you know you don't overextend yourself right um but yeah john's an awesome dude uh did a great job on the album um and it was it was kind of uh it was it was awesome to to watch too because i'm just watching him play it's like yep the (laughs) yeah right he's like you know he'd take like three cracks at a tune and be like um He's like uh, anything you want me to change I was like, ah, uh, n- no <laughs>
0: like
1: we're we're good dude <laughs> like, it was it was it was awesome it was uh refreshing and and uh one of those things put i know definitely put my mind at ease right and uh it was it was just a fucking clinic man it was it was like right. it was like watching a drum clinic I was like, ah." wow so um but yeah with the the lineup it's um pretty much solidified Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if we're gonna go back to the two guitar player thing or not Mm um right now as of right now no um which is cool in itself um because i have to rethink the way that i play a lot of the old stuff um and tragedy being one of the, the weirder ones oh, uh, yeah. to, to, to do is a, uh, you know, is a one guitar player band. Cause that's, um, the,
0: that's got some of that, that, that dual action, you know, that, you know, that, that, that twin guitar thing, you know, yeah, that and, like, you know, it's hard to do, you know, when, yeah, uh,
1: exactly. And so I, I get to pick and choose parts, which makes it interesting for me and fun for me. Um, but also, at the same time, I keep going, why the fuck do I write shit like this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, why can't I just write it for one guy and then I just have another yeah, guy do like, shit later? Yeah, David, you
1: know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, Jesus Christ, you love Ozzy so much. Why don't you just fucking write a single guitar player album? <laughs> like, fuck.
0: That's fucking great, yeah. Exactly, because I remember the Scorpion Child guys, which is even funnier. Was was, was that at one point they kind of that, yeah. Chris Coworth, the guitar player for Scorpion Child, they went to a single guitar player lineup and ended up having a, a. They were a four piece for a while, and he said the same thing. He was just like, "Man, I had to completely, you know, rethink my game, and like I was not, you know." ready for that he goes he said but it was a challenge because all of a sudden like you know you can't just rest on your laurels when you've got someone else to back you up you know and because you know if, if you don't if you're the only guy up there like you have to have your shit together <laughs> you
1: know oh yeah absolutely man like you're you're not hiding it with fucking delay and and shit <laughs> that's what i always tell like you know uh even like my students um i say you know what like You can throw a bunch of effects on her and and delay, like you think you're hiding behind it, but you make a mistake, then you're fucking, you made a mistake fucking 10 times because delay just fucking makes it even
0: worse. God, don't even go, don't even get me started on looping, man, because if you loop a fuck up, that's even worse, man. Oh, exactly. It takes you twice as long to get out of it.
1: Yeah, like I'm, I'm not going anywhere fucking near that bag of garbage. <laughs> like, like, like Jesus, man. Like no, no, thank you. I'll, 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 If I make a mistake, I'm gonna make it once.
0: <laughs> yeah, and just keep rolling, you know. So yeah. Well, so uh, are you but, guys gonna uh, tour though, or like what's? what's uh, yeah, the-
1: we're looking, we're looking for uh, some some decent opportunities. Actually, as we speak, uh, we did release uh, one pittsburgh date in the spring we're going to be playing with uh jakey lee's uh red dragon cartel oh that's again. fantastic yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to that that um, should
0: just be a tour that would be so ideal for you guys you know yeah, that'd be like um, a great that's, tour
1: that's that's where my mind is at uh-huh.
0: <laughs> um, because he has a but, date here and that would mean icarus which would play atlantis
1: so. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so. and we're um we're pretty good friends with Anthony Esposito, uh, you know, not only his bass player, but is, uh, the guy that produced the album. Correct. And, yeah. Uh, and recorded it was in Lynch place. mob
0: and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, kind of like, Hey man, let's make a run of this, <laughs> you know? So yeah, you, you never know. We might, uh, it'd be cool to jump on some of those dates, but we are definitely, uh, looking to tour. Um, I know we have some, which news we'll be announcing soon. Uh, some some off the beaten cuff, uh, cuff stuff. Mm-hmm. Something something. This will be some cool fun news, um, and there'll be a Pittsburgh date attached to that as well. Actually, before the end of this year, so um, looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, man, like we're just gonna look for some touring opportunities. I know we're gonna take. I think January off from gigs all in general unless you know of course unless something you know pops up
0: right right
1: uh because that that tends to happen with this band we've we've actually had to pass on (laughs) so many cool touring opportunities um that uh you know sometimes i look back like ah was that the right decision but uh, but also as you get older and wiser, you know you just can't jump on a tour because it's thrown at you,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, you know you have to really be- yeah un selective you know about you how you I mean you know even though as musicians, we like to say we're not in it for the money, it does cost, and so you know you know it's 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 kind of looking at it, going like, you know, do I want to come home with two grand in my pocket, or do I want to come home?" with two grand out of my pocket, you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. So, you know, um, it's like, uh,
1: then it's, it's gotta be the, like we were offered a bunch of really cool tours, but we didn't have anything to support at the time. Right. Like, so which actually no, doesn't
0: do much to leave a footprint. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was like, okay, rise has been out for four years. We're not anywhere close to even demoing a, uh, an EP even, and we got offered Ningve tours. Like, uh,
0: <laughs> damn it! <laughs> yeah, but see, the smart smart move on your part though goes back to again what you said earlier about not rushing to do something just to yeah. get it done because then you just end up making a shitty decision.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, and that's what even at the time it's like. Well, you know, it's uh, yeah. You, you look at it. Um as a decision maker, as a, as a manager rather than as a musician, you know, right. like, Oh yeah, fuck. It'd be cool to play fucking in every night. And then the manager part of you says, but fuck, you don't have anything new to fucking sell. It's like, Oh Yeah. That's true.
0: I got this you box know? of Rise CDs we can sell. I mean, yeah, yeah. like, hey,
1: man, <laughs> we uh, did we did another run of uh, Rose on Whitelist EP uh, <laughs> <laughs> with like a with like a
0: bonus track of me singing.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, here's a demo of me <laughs> singing the CDR. Here's the CDR we have at the merch booth.
0: <laughs> dude, uh, dude, trust me. I've seen worse, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I've seen a lot I mean, worse, dude. Yeah, we uh, we toured with a. A band that had a CDR at their merch booth, and it's like, really? Wow, you guys really thought this one through?
0: <laughs> did I saw a band who who was a, who who did who did like a pretty big little like one of those kind of like multi band metal fest type bills here in Atlanta? You know, like you know there's like little five or six band yeah. one nighter things, you know? And I literally saw a band who at their merch booth had business cards that was yeah. what with like they were like I was like so so where can we, well the album's going to be done um well where can we where can I get it well we haven't figured yeah. that out it, and I'm just going but you have yeah, I'm just like you guys yeah, people get your need shit to together, man. Stuff. Yeah. I was like, people need to think about these things, you know? And like yeah. and how are they? Because to be honest, now that I'm telling that story, I couldn't even tell you the name of the band if that and that tells you a lot. You know what I mean? Exactly, man. <laughs> but um, I mean And it
1: goes it goes the same with, you know, like you said, rushing to to get something out. Like it's actually so counterproductive. You know, because that's going to be the lasting impression. So, like, don't right. you know? Take your time and 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 do it right, um, which is probably why we had a six-year hiatus, <laughs> <hate it, laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean, in putting out new music, um, right? That's why I said, "Holy shit, this is going to be Chinese democracy." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, at least you didn't record the album thirty times and kick everyone yeah. out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. you'd have like twenty different Icarus Witch lineups. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it
1: was, hey, fuck, maybe that would have been a good move. We could have released it four different times.
0: I don't know. <laughs> and you could have. I mean, you could have even had Buckethead in your band. Would have been fucking. <laughs> you know, whatever. The Icarus Witch oh. with like a nunchuck solo. You know, and like mm-hmm. shit, like you know, whatever. So, but. Uh, no exactly um quinn thanks so much for taking the time to talk man this has been obviously you and i are, are definitely talkers we could i could feel like i could talk to y'all fucking day um, yeah absolutely man. um but um yeah congrats on like a great album and congrats on just you know keeping it going for 15 years man it's a, it's a big feat and where can uh my listeners find out some information and music about you guys um, and don't give them a business card
1: no, no. Um, so of course, you know Ickerswitch.com. Mm-hmm. If you're not into the you know whole URL thing, um, all the big social, uh, you know, the the social sites, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that, that whole thing. Um, you guys are also records. on Spotify. Com. Yeah, Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes. Uh, usually, um, I think uh, Fyes. The ones that are still around, um, Best Buy's, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Bandcamp, uh, you know, all, all of those things. But hey, uh, and I always tell people this: if you have a local record store, go to your local record store. Um, support that shit. I think it's super important. Um, we're lucky enough to have people selling actual music. Um, so if you have one in your town, go go get it there
0: that's a great that's a great statement because Atlanta does have of a few really great you know independent record stores here and i can't salute them enough for you know, the things that they do for smaller bands that like you said you know the big box stores kind of you know, normally wouldn't even pay attention to, and who don't even? Who would have ever thought that the small guys would outlive the big box stores? You know, what I yeah, mean? man. Like...
1: I, I think it. I think it goes back to it's an experience, man. Um, you know, whenever you go to a local record store, it's a it's a fucking part of your day. You know, it's an experience. It's like, oh man, I went down here and I got this, and I you know went down for for this album, but I fucking stumbled on this. They had you know, fucking, uh, live and dangerous. Yeah. It's like, ah, I had to get it, you know, it's an experience, you know, it's, it's so cool to, to still be able to do that. And yeah, again, speaking of which, I believe we're going to be doing uh, a vinyl soon for, for goodbye crew world. So,
0: Oh, that'll be, which I'm sure will be available on the, the website. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll be, uh, you know, we'll be giving you guys the details and stuff on that and you can, you can keep an eye out for that as well.
0: Sounds good. Well, well, Quinn, thank you so much for taking the time out today, man. And um, Hey, good, man. Thank you. And good luck with everything, and uh, we'll keep in touch.
1: Absolutely, man.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, man. You take care, bud. All
1: right. Bye. All right. Bye. You're the queen of this Your for drama goes to
0: only